And if my life's not together, and I think that's the point of this, this, this episode we're talking about, it's the point of having your energy right. If you're not right yourself, how can you be uh, effective in the classroom one, but how can you effectively lead and mold the future of this society? You can't. It, it, yeah. it, I almost cursed on the show and I don't curse yeah. on the show. I don't curse. It almost came out. I caught it. I caught it. But if your life is effed up, just, just yeah. being honest, just being blunt. Mm-hmm. If your life is effed up for whatever reason and you can't get it back together by yourself, why are we not seeking professional help? Why are we Ooh. not taking care of our mental health? Just as much as we yeah. go to the gym and we're working out and doing all this stuff and we're looking great. And we're getting ready to go on vacation. We're looking great. But what about what's inside? Why are we not spending more time doing that? BlackScholarsPublishing.com That uh, we should get our own. Once we have our own, uh, we're respected for the fact that we can create our own. And uh, that's equality right there. So welcome, ladies, to the Black Scholars Podcast. I'm your host, Leonard Andre Wilson Jr. And with me, I have her at Teacher Bay, that's B-A-E, Chelsea Griffin. She is back. Um, Chelsea, what number episode was it that you were on? Do you remember? I do not remember the episode, but I do remember it was last June. So So it was very early, like the very, because yeah, because that's when I started. So you're in the first, second, third, fourth, you're somewhere there uh, episode. So you are special. That's why you're back. (laughs) Um, But Chelsea is a fifth grade mentor, teacher, and also a doctorate student at LSU. And Chelsea, correct me if I'm wrong, you are in Baton Rouge, Louisiana? Yes, I am in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Okay, and you were in Baton Rouge before, right? Last time we spoke? Yes, I've been in the same place going into my fifth year, the same school. Okay, so this is going to be your fifth year teaching? Yes. Okay, awesome, 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 awesome. All right, so fifth year teaching. I put on there six years. Fifth oh, year. not yet. Don't age, you know. <laughs> and um, I've got Brittany Goldsby here. And Brittany, IG at just B Michelle, is a ninth grade English teacher and also a curriculum committee participant. And you're gonna have to break that down for me, Brittany. What does mm-hmm. a curriculum committee participant do? Well, I have aspirations of getting into um, curriculum and instruction, you know, as a coach, as a facilitator, and everything like that. So both the schools that I've taught at so far have formed committees where they invited teachers to become a part of the curriculum writing and policy Mm. um, process at the school. Um, There's lots of little subgroups within that group, like some people that focus on assessment, remediation plans, some that focus on lesson plan delivery and design and all of those things. And each time I've had the opportunity to, I've definitely participated in that. Because I am not a robot. I don't want to be programmed and told what to teach. I want to be a part of the conversation of what we're teaching Mm. and how we're teaching it. Well said. And Brittany, um, as she just demonstrated, has a way with words. You're also a poet. (laughs) I am. And you're also an artist. Yes. So what type of (laughs) artist, like what type of art do you create? Okay, well, I deal, in terms of visual arts, I deal mostly with acrylics on canvas, but I'm kind of a crafty chick. I like to make decorations for the house of various kinds and, you know, reefs, pillows, that kind of thing. So I'm really into that, but I do do commissioned work for painting. 
Okay. Um, and I have hosted a couple of the um, paint parties um, for kids and adults. Um, and besides that, I am a spoken word artist mm-hmm. and um, poet. Um, and I'm, I'm getting into my creative writing as well. Um, stay tuned for some children's literature coming soon. Dope. Yeah. So you're you're well you're very well versed in the arts. I love that. Um, Thank you. And Brittany, you're in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Yes. And is that where uh, Broward County is? Yes. Okay, perfect. And is this going to be your tenth year of teaching? No, I'm actually going into my ninth year. Ninth year of teaching. Yeah. Okay, there we go. You keep trying to age us. I know. I know. <laughs> Well, this is, I'm also going into my ninth year of teaching, so we've got a good balance here on the show. Perfect. All right. So the ladies are here to join me for an episode about energy. So previously, uh, I believe episodes 22, 23, I focus on self-care. And thank you for my guests on those shows. And I wanted to get a little bit more narrow and detailed um, in thinking about energy. And and this is where I got the idea, ladies. Um, So I was on Twitter, uh, just, you know, scrolling through, throwing in my opinion that was unsolicited every once in a blue moon like I'm known to do. And there was a teacher on there, an educator on there, and uh, I'm not sure how long she's been teaching. seems like she's a newer teacher, um, but she's had three weeks of professional development. Um, Now, I'm coming off of eight days of professional development, but I'm also at a brand spanking new school and district. So some of it was necessary. Some of it was valuable. What's that? I said that eight days seems like a lot. <laughs> I agree. It was um, because although I love my colleagues, I love my new cohorts. Um, <laughs> I'm not really there for the adults. I love the kids. And um, I did get a chance to meet some some kids that I will be hopefully teaching this school year. And um, my whole day, that was like the best day of the eight days is when the kids came and did tours and we had like different activities for them. I'm like, I can't wait to Monday uh, where yeah. I can actually just spend all day with the kids because um, although I love the adults and maybe you ladies can relate as well too, is that sometimes we tire each other out and it's like, okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like my students are the ones that give me energy. Mm-hmm. So around adults, or if I have to like be in district meetings all day, I'm like, oh, please let this be over with. Please. And see, that worries me. And this isn't the focus of the show, but this worries me because I'm working on my admin license um, in, in a one year program um, at Christian Brothers University in Memphis, Tennessee. And I'm glad to be a part of that program. But it worries me because um, I am setting myself up to be a school leader. I am setting myself up to be an admin. And I worry about that. Like, I enjoy the kids. Uh, not to say I don't enjoy the adults, but I enjoy the kids more. Where am I going to get that energy from? Um, there's only so much energy I can get from a green tea from Starbucks. Like, where <laughs> right. am I going to get that energy from? So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I probably need to do something that still allows me to at least go in the classroom and be able to connect with the kids. So, maybe I'll be okay. Maybe I'll just be one of those really engaged assistant principals. Like, oh, he's back in my room again. Yes, because I need energy. I need the kids. I, I need to talk say, to them. My admin is very much hands-on. And not in a micromanaging way at all. But yeah. they're always in the classrooms. Because I think that's what gives them energy. So, yeah, definitely. definitely. And then you have principal. I've had principals in the past where <laughs> the kids didn't even know that was the principal. And that's oh, embarrassing. It's like, oh, is that our principal? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you don't see her every day? Well, we see her, but she never comes into class or talks to us. I'm like, ooh, ouch. Yeah, okay. Oh, right. I've in a school like that before. <laughs> All right. So, kids, what about that homework? Yeah, let's switch the subject. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, let's talk about energy. Let's talk about energy. Um, and so that teacher, again, on Twitter, three weeks of professional development, and she's speaking about already being burnt out and the school year hadn't even started yet for her. Um, so what are some, have you guys had like a similar experience where at some point, maybe it wasn't in the beginning of the year, but 
maybe around Thanksgiving or Christmas, right before Christmas break, or even after around testing time? Like, what's your experience where you notice that, hey, I'm drained of energy? And like, what are some strategies that you use to overcome that? So um, I can speak to last school year was like the toughest school year for me thus far. A lot of our teachers, um, we had a lot of turnover of teachers and teachers kind of quit in mid-year. And so that made it really stressful trying to scramble to find a new teacher, trying to get as many kids in different classrooms as possible. Um, And our school is really good at like doing triage and like all hands on deck and we do what we have to do. But last year I was so tired. Like it hit March and I was like, I don't really want to be here anymore. And I've never felt like that before. Um, And it wasn't the kids. It was just all the movement that was happening at our school. And it just seemed like every time we could get our head above water, the tide would come again. So that was just a really tough year for us last year. And I think just like recentering ourselves. I'm on the leadership team. So like as a leadership team, we kind of got grounded back into our why and we watched videos of our students in classrooms that have been successful. And that was really what kind of recentered me to give me that charge again. Cause I'm like, I know we do good work at this school and I know I've seen our kids grow, not just, you know, quantitatively, but I've also seen them as just humans start to develop into better people. So that's just what gives me charging that energy back. But I mean, Last year, I was so tired the entire school year. So I really can't pinpoint one date. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, it was a rough year, but it's already so much better. So, Well, I can um, speak to my most recent experience with burnout because I've been burnt out, I'd say, off and on for the last nine years. Um, But just in December is when I made the transition from North Carolina to Florida. I then transferred to a school um, where I would have to be at work at 7.10 a.m. versus the 7.30 I was used to. And I went from a seven-minute to a 30-minute commute to work. So I was not ready for that. I was already, (laughs) I was getting used to my new state. (laughs) I was getting used to even knowing my way to and from home multiple ways, just in case traffic was crazy. I was getting used to a whole new set of policies and a new curriculum and stuff like that. And I was assigned to a group of students who had not had a teacher since the second day of school. And I started with them in January. So, um, when I tell you they knew absolutely nothing <laughs> about English one or English three, because I had um, freshmen and juniors last this past spring semester, I had to start o- over at the beginning and catch them up for to get them ready for the Florida State assessments, which were going to happen in the first phase was going to happen in two months after me starting with them, and the next phase was a month later, and I just I I could barely like get out of bed in the morning after each day i would be it would be one of those things where you're um you wake up not being able to wait until you can go to sleep again um looking Mm -hmm. forward to a nap after school and everything so um that was extreme burnout because it was a different it was a different sense of urgency with teaching those students and getting them ready for testing a lot of pressure on me to catch up uh, with what they had going on at this school and in this district, but very little guidance and stuff like that. So I was definitely over it. So um, my approach to like my strategies and what helped me, they come from a physical energy standpoint of what you can do to help yourself, but also that mental and emotional energy, because sometimes we're getting to sleep and we're eating the right things and we're doing the right things physically to have that energy. But for some reason we're still drained. And sometimes it's not a matter of, oh, you should get more rest at night. Like people like to say, maybe you're not going to bed early enough and stuff, but sometimes it's not that it's truly that mental and emotional energy that's being drained out of you. So I had to learn, forgive my metaphors and stuff. I told you I was a poet. No, I, we I, love I, it. Yes. We love it. <laughs> I had to learn to be the thermostat instead of the thermometer in my classroom. Yes. I had to learn how to set the energy and set the vibe, set, you know, the level of intensity that we were going to teach and learn and even like what kind of activities we would do that day versus allow them to drag me and allow my administrators to drag me and everybody else to like 
you know, put pressure on me that was too much on me physically and mentally. So, um, yeah, that's where all of my tips are going to come from today. And you bring up an interesting point. So, yeah, we definitely can focus on physical, mental, emotional. If you guys, if you ladies want to, we can even get, you know, spiritual. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, it's holistic. You know, I always say, Mm -hmm. you know, success is not just one thing. Like if, you know, you have a great relationship romantically, but financially you're struggling where you're not successful. Um, or vice versa. If you're making X amount of dollars and you got great credit, but you can't keep a relation, a healthy relationship or your family members don't like you, like that's a problem. That's not holistic success. Um, and I like to think of it in terms of, you know, as you said, physical, mental, emotional and spiritual. When we talk about energy like that's a huge part of it. So let's just break this thing down. Um, what do you ladies do physically uh, to keep your your energy? So I really enjoy um, my fiance and I go hit the gym together like three or four times a week. And it's also just a really good way for us to kind of recenter because I'm sure you all can speak to this, but like teaching takes a toll in your relationship um, mm-hmm. just because you're exhausted. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you come home and I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I don't even want the TV to be on because I'm sick of hearing people call my name. So <laughs> it's like a good way for us to recenter and to refocus and to spend time with one another, but still like remain physically fit and just healthy. And it makes me feel a lot better. It helps me sleep better at night. Um, and then recently I've just been getting a little bit into like yoga. I'm not very good at it, but (laughs) it is really helpful for me just to like keep myself centered in meditation and to think about the positive things that I have going on in my life because I, I, there's just so much going on right now in the world and it bogs you down and bogs you down, especially when you work with kids because you're like terrified of how the world is, you know, set up for them right now. So I just do yoga and meditate and, um, just running a couple times a week with my fiance is something that's really helped me. It's physical, but it also helps me like spiritually and emotionally and mentally as well. Definitely. Yoga is, you know, as you said, you're meditating. Um, you have a different perspective of life. So I think that's like a mix between physical and spiritual. And we can argue even emotional as well, too. Yeah. Brittany? Um, one thing I do besides trying to get adequate sleep, because that getting up thing is rough for me, but also, um, different forms of rest. So besides actual sleeping, I've done things where I've taken a break from lights, um, whether I'm at home or at school, close the blinds, turn off the lights. It may look like nobody's in my classroom, but I may just be resting my (laughs) eyes from the of the fluorescent glare and the overheads and the projectors and the computers and the humans that I've had to look at for whatever length of time and everything. So giving my eyes a break, giving my ears a break, sit in silence. I practice mindfulness meditation. And that's another thing that keeps me um, energized physically because it helps me focus on the task at hand, not necessarily thinking ahead of what I have to do next and, oh, my God, how much time is left of the day, which can kind of make you feel tired thinking about it. Um, Also, I I started to monitor what kind of physical energy I was putting out during the workday and what could I modify? You know, what kind of accommodations could I give myself to make myself feel less tired? Yes. And sometimes it's something as simple as just let the kids pass out the stuff or just let the kid hang up the poster that you're struggling with standing on the chair because they ask and they want to and they think it's fun and you don't. So just let them do the things sometime. And um, I also, after my, I think my third year of teaching, I gave myself a new rule of no yelling. Mm. And it that next year, it took like a couple tries, you know, messing up. But I, when I tell you since at least the fifth year, I haven't yelled since, like, uh-uh. That's some physical energy that was completely unnecessary because what do I even look like, you know, arguing <laughs> or fussing with some kids anyway, letting them take me there. But I also realized I was just exerting too much out of myself mm-hmm. and I can I can command respect in plenty of other ways that are much more effective and less um, much less, um, you know, uh, training. 
Yeah, yeah, draining. And it also helped de-escalate so many things <laughs> because I wasn't returning that same, like, aggression that a lot of my students were showing. So that immediately changed things. I, my, my voice was less strained and all that. So. I love that. And you bring up an interesting point um, about the no yelling. And we're going into a brand new school year. And I know there are spanking brand new educators or even second year educators that are still unsure about some of their procedures and policies and rules and just the system of their classroom and how it should flow. Could you ladies share um, what strategies do you use to get students attention especially mm -hmm. if they're in groups and they're loud and like what what do you actually do uh to get their attention to get everyone back focused and quiet so i teach um upper elementary school so <laughs> it's probably going to be quite different um than what Brittany is going to say but i actually just got a classroom doorbell and i don't know if anybody else has ever had a doorbell before, it's on Amazon for like 20 bucks and it is a game changer. It is a little doorbell that you can put, you can just plug it into any outlet and then it comes with a remote like doorbell ringer. And anytime you want to have like a transition, you can ring the doorbell um, and it, it just gets kids like refocused. It reminds them that they need to pay attention to whatever the teacher is saying or if you've taught them that different sounds mean like a voice level, like there's a lot of different sounds I can do on my doorbell. And so that will tell you to take your voice level down or that I need you to actually speak up because I can't hear you um, in your like partner pair. So a doorbell has really changed the game for me. I don't really know how effective it would be with high schoolers. I don't know if they'd be sick of the doorbell. Um, <laughs> it sounds <laughs> like it'd be an effective door in middle school though. Middle schoolers yeah. would love that, yeah. Yes, because, well, like fifth grade could technically be middle school. So in some places in Louisiana, it is middle school. So it really just depends. But yeah, um, I think like upper elementary school and middle school, that's really helpful. And then I also use a lot of reverse psychology on my students, <laughs> like a lot. I give them a lot of trust at the very beginning of the school year, and I make that very known to them. Um, and then when they decide that they don't want to follow through with the expectations and the high standards that I set for them, I just ask them, like, should Miss Griffin continue to trust you? Should I still give you this freedom if you decide to act this way? And it's interesting because 11 and 12 year olds will start to be like, you know what? No, we don't deserve it anymore, Miss Griffin. <laughs> like they already know. They're like, no, we need to do better. And I don't have to say anything else. I just remind them that like, I trust you all. And the reason I'm giving you this much freedom and responsibility is because I trust you. But when you break my trust, I, I don't see how I could give you that much freedom and they get it together real quick. They're like, no, I don't want to do that. So. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And you said it was uh, called the doorbell on Amazon. Yes. Uh, it's You can just type in. Actually, let me look it up for y'all right now. Yeah. How much is I, it? I it was $18. Okay. It was $18. Um, oh, yeah, and I, it I is called the Sado Tech Model Wireless Doorbell. Sato Tech Wireless Doorbell. Mm -hmm. And it is extremely easy. It comes with 52 different sounds. Mm -hmm. So you could literally have a sound for any different transition or any different indicator in your classroom. Um, our school year already started. I taught it on the very first day on Thursday. And like literally on Friday, they knew what the sound stood for and they started transitioning that quickly. I kind of did this last year with my eighth grade. Oh, I don't know why only my eighth graders, but with my eighth <laughs> grade gifted students, probably because they're so silly. And you remember the yeah. Kawhi Leonard laugh from the beginning of the season? The, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I had that queued up on a uh, garage band and I turned into an MP3 and I always had my laptop connected to my Promethean board and so and my speakers. So I would just play that just at random times to get everybody focused and like everyone laughed, but then they got back focused. So that was just a little fun tidbit um Brittany what do you do well first of all what I'm going to do is get a doorbell yes <laughs> me too me too facts <laughs> I know you're questioning the effectiveness but what I predict with high schoolers in my experience they will actually like this and it will work but I can't use it every time I want their attention yeah girl don't do <laughs> that 
things play out real fast <laughs> and they'll be over it and it won't have the reaction that I wanted to have anymore. So, um, um, in addition to using that, um, I have used sounds in the past. I've turned on music, like I've had it at a low, um, volume and then turn it up when I wanted to get their attention to move on to something else or the opposite, turn the music off when I needed to get their attention. Um, I've used probably my most effective one for them and me are timers that Mm, um, I can put up on the projector that has some sounds and some maybe some images associated with it to make it a little cute or something. Um, Classroom timers. I don't know if it's best classroomtimers.com, but I know I Googled that one time and I found a link that has different types. It has some people doing a race on a track. It has some swimmers going by. It has um, like a candle burning down to show the time uh, running out. And some of them have sounds at the end. So mm-hmm. that's something that's helpful. It gets their attention. Um, I just had to use stop using the one with people racing our cars racing or something for the ninth graders because they will actually watch the race and <laughs> start making bets and stuff instead of doing their assignments. Um, hand signals, um, that can be effective sometimes, especially if it's a more quiet um, method of instruction during that time where I already have their eyes. Um, so I just do some variations of those things. I love it. I absolutely love it. Those are some really great strategies. Um Mm. So back to physical, like like Chelsea, you said you and your fiance. Congratulations on the engagement, by the way. Um, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, because last time you were on the show, so last year, you weren't engaged, yeah. right? So yeah. how, when did that um, happen? Um, we got engaged uh, two days before Christmas, twenty eighteen. Congratulations! So, yeah, thanks. And we're getting married in November, so congrats. I've been congrats. a little stressed this school year. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I understand. <laughs> Um, say yes to the dress. Yes. <laughs> so with the physical and Chelsea, so you and your fiance, you guys are going to work out. You said how frequently every, every week, three, three to four times a week. Okay. Yeah. So, so then basically you have, um, like an account uh, accountability partner there. You yeah. have somebody that will like, Hey babe, we got to go. We got to get to the gym. Um, so Look, and he does not play with me. Like, yeah. I'm like, Look, I don't want to go. And he's like, that, that, yeah, that's not an option. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so are okay. you, with your work schedule, are you going after school or? Yes. Okay. So I always go on the weekends because that's just an easy, like, two days for me where I can go anytime I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have leadership on Mondays, so I don't do it on Mondays, and I have class on Thursdays. So the other days, we kind of, like, trade off. And really, it's just depending on how I'm feeling. I'm like, depending on my school day, if I had a really tough day, I actually will want to run and I'll want to like go to the gym more. Um, but I usually go after work just cause it works with his schedule as well. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, and you're also doing yoga too. Yes. And okay. that's in the morning. Um, that's only for like 10 minutes in the morning. And it's just a really good way for me to like center myself and get ready for the day. Cause if not, I'm very cranky. I do not do coffee or anything because I'm kind of high energy already. Actually, I'm very high energy already. So me on coffee is too much. Um, but if I don't meditate and I don't do like my mindfulness, I can just tell a difference in myself in the morning. Like when the kids come in, I'm like, hi, <laughs> <laughs> when I have like, when I have that time for myself, I'm like, Hey guys, welcome. So I definitely try to make sure that's a priority for myself, especially during the weekdays. I love that. And um, so we've addressed the physical. And the only thing I'd add to that is um, if you don't see a nutritionist or a physician that kind of helps you shape um, what your diet should be, definitely do some research. Uh, There are superfoods out there that will that make a huge difference. Um, I'll just throw a few out there. Check out Dr. Oz's day off diet. Check out different Mediterranean diets. Check out the whole 30. Do some research on the paleo diet. You can do some research on the what's the other one called the keto diet. That's what I do. Yeah, you got to find out what's going to work best for you. And I hate using the term diet. It should really be a lifestyle. So it has to be. Yeah. In order for you to be consistent with it, right? Mm-hmm. It needs it to really 
Definitely. It needs to be a lifestyle. So for me, whether I'm, you know, being consistent or not so consistent, I'm always following paleo. And if you don't know what paleo is, just really quickly, it needs to be a lean protein. Uh, so that could be grilled or baked chicken. All of your meats should be cooked in a healthy uh, as healthy, natural way as possible. Don't fry anything. Try to avoid Can fried I foods. Just out there, that an air fryer was the best investment mm-hmm. that we have made in a very long time. That air fryers are great. Exactly. Um, yes. A and slow cooker. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> try to put things in the. Try to put things in the oven or air fryer or slow cooker. Try to avoid frying anything. Grilling is still always a good option, besides the fact that it tastes really, really good. Um, but definitely grill your food as well. So keep that in mind. Um, it also you can eat fibrous vegetables as many green vegetables as you want to there's no limit to that um limit your water drink plenty of water drink plenty of water um i'm really big and my kids know this i'm really big on the ph level of the water so do your research on uh alkaline water spring waters neutral waters just do your research. Um, I would advocate for alkaline waters if you can get them at an affordable price. Um, what else? Multivitamins. That's important. Um, you should take. You should be taking vitamins, uh, especially because you're around kids all day and they've got a lot of germs. And if you want to build your immune system, a, multi, a good multivitamin definitely works. Um, am I missing anything nutrition-wise? No, I think I think that you've covered the bases. I just like cannot stress enough. Um, I think physical as well, though, is also making sure that you're taking care of your like hygiene because kids are really gross. They are. (laughs) And I got the flu last year Mm. and it was the worst experience I've ever had. I had to miss an entire week of school. And so I cannot stress the importance of I know some people are weird about flu shots, but like for me. I cannot go without a flu shot anymore, obviously, because last year was just too much. Um, But making sure that you're like cleaning the desk with Clorox wipes, making sure that you're teaching your students good habits of hygiene, because they, fifth graders especially, they can be really gross. Um, And they like to sneeze out loud. And I'm like, no, friends, let's make sure we cover that up with our shoulder or with our, not our shoulders, with our elbows, but just teaching our students good hygiene because it'll keep you from being sick as well. Exactly. Well, I definitely agree. Yeah. And and with that, make sure you get your furniture like sanitized Clorox wipes or whatnot. Don't do it during the school or in between classes because some students actually do have allergies. Do it after school where it can, you know, dry off. And then next time they come back in, it's the next day. So anyone with allergies to bleach or anything like that, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Um, But don't do it in between classes. Um, Don't do it while they're in class. also, be mindful of different colognes and perfumes that you're wearing because um, you just you just never know. Like you can actually trigger um, a seizure in the kid just by something that you're wearing. So be very careful and mindful of that, too. Um, yeah. So I think that that covered physical. Uh, Brittany, did we miss anything with the physical? Not that I can think of. Yeah, and please please drink water. Lots and lots of water. Yes. Please drink water. It makes a big difference. Um out of being here. Teachers don't come to work no more. One teacher said she was going to the restroom and never came back. That was in August. This is a madhouse. I'm in my classroom. I couldn't breathe. I started to black out. I thought God was calling me home. Open my eyes. It was a little boy with his shoes off. I had to walk in the hallway just to regroup. Seemed like everybody is off their meds up here. One of the students acted like he was going to bite me. He would have got bit back. He would have found out the true meaning of the backbite. I'm about to call HR and check on my workman's comp. Christmas can't come quick enough. I know you're going to tell somebody, but I want this to come out, though. Coffee don't even work no more. When I'm done sipping, everybody tripping. I can't sleep no more. Every time I go to sleep, I see district people. I ain't got no more zeal. I don't play with nobody up in no more. To find you another teacher to play with, I get uppercase mad. Last time I got a sub, she got hit with a lunch kit. Mr. Brown, we gonna split this class, put everybody in your class. Where's split them? Add to the 35 I already got. You think I'm crazy? Not at all. One thing um, that helps me mentally is I've had to limit what I do for work outside of school and know not just the grading and the taking home of papers and the lesson planning. Because as I know as a public school teacher, but I'm sure as a teacher, period, it's almost impossible not to work outside of those hours Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of everything that we have going on. But 
what I mean is more so what I do for work socially. Um, talking about work, like even though sometimes you, we want to vent or we want to just share things with our family and friends about what's going on in school, um, I've had to monitor how much of that I'm doing because I realized I was mentally exhausting myself because as I'm even talking and venting about work and discussing what's going on mentally, I'm planning, I'm problem solving, like I'm overanalyzing these situations all over again and everything. So I'm still spending a lot of my mental energy on work, even if I'm not great in a paper. So I've, and since I've had to limit how much I'm talking about it, that means I had to have something else going on for myself mm-hmm. <laughs> to talk about. So that means I had to start cultivating the life outside of school that was high energy, that was creative, that was still, you know, challenging for me. Because sometimes when we get all of that out of work, we become workaholics and dedicate ourselves to that because that's where we're getting all of our pleasure, our fulfillment, our, you know, physical activity and things like that, our, our exploration. So I had to start learning and playing and creating and, you know, just enjoying my life outside of work more so that um, it wouldn't occupy too much of my mental space. Um, Mindfulness meditation helps with that as well. Um, A lot. Let me think. Um, Oh, and one thing that's helped me is to monitor how much I am like, associating myself with or engaging with my students' problems, especially their personal mm-hmm. problems. Um, because that's something I'll definitely spend my, like, spend all my mental energy on for the rest of the day if I can't, or week or month, if I can't really shake, you know, that situation and know my place in it. Um, knowing, knowing our place in the lives of our students mm-hmm. and in the the stability and um, conditions of our school is important. Um, I'm one that definitely goes beyond my job. That's just in my nature. I go beyond what's asked of me. I go beyond what's expected to me of me, but I have to determine what my intentions are and set them and remain in them. I have to know what my limits are, set them and remain in them. And as long as I'm comfortable with it, then that's what's right. Um, I've gotten so involved in my students' lives sometimes that it did spill over into my personal life and I had to draw back because <laughs> when the babies were born, they were looking to me to be the godmother and I'm like, how do we wow. do that? <laughs> Wow. Wow. You know, <laughs> we, we've gone too far. Um, or I have um, gotten so invested in solving some of the community and familiar issues of my students, like beyond finding them resources to the point where I'm coming out of my own resources to help them. And I'm like, wait, but there's like 147 of y'all. So obviously (laughs) I can't save everybody in that way, but I can give my knowledge. I can give my love and wisdom, but I have to, I can give my skills, but I have to set limits to that so that it does not consume, you know, all of my thoughts and um, some one thing I've been guilty of mentally is um, allowing the issues of my students or the classroom or the school to trigger my own memories. Mm-hmm. And therefore that's how I got so, uh, so invested in what's going on with that. Cause I saw the mini me or, you know, my little brother, you know, back in the day, I see my friends and some of these students and want to like, derailed them from negative paths but you know I just had to realize even though teachers play therapists we play extra mother extra father we play counselor and things like that there's limitations both ethically and um you know for what's healthy for us that we need to set yeah I've been thinking a lot about like what is emotionally appropriate for our students and for ourselves um and it's really hard, especially I feel like if you work mm-hmm. at a school that might be like Title One or like a high trauma mm-hmm. school, yep. because you just want to make everything better for your babies. Like you realize just just how screwed up the world is and like how inequitable the world is, especially in, in education. Um, and so for me, that was really draining. Like I was constantly consumed with, oh my gosh, like 
this district is not really worried about my students or the world is not really worried about my mm-hmm. students. And then I teach in the deep South and um, I actually taught during Alton Sterling in, mm. you know, in Louisiana. And a lot of my students' parents knew Alton Sterling. Mm. Um, so that was yeah. a really interesting time to come to work every day and to like have my fifth graders look in my face and ask me like, why did the police murder this man? Um, and so trying to figure out a balance for that has been very difficult for me. It is not something that I have mastered at all, to be honest with you. Last year I had a, um, a, a really tough student that, you know, those students that you just know that the system has failed them on every level. And uh, it's hard not to take that home with you and not to be emotional about it and not to think about that student every day. So that's something that I'm actually still working on. I haven't really been able to master the um, kind of compartmentalizing. I'm really trying to. It's actually kind of where I want my like research study to gear towards, like the impact of secondhand trauma on teachers. Because mm. my first two years of teaching in the classroom, it got so bad that like my anxiety was through the roof and I couldn't sleep, like I couldn't eat because I was constantly consumed with like, I wonder if my students are okay. I wonder if my students are okay. Um, So for me, like therapy has helped a lot. I am in therapy and it's something that has been very beneficial with me understanding like how to process my own emotions and then also how to support my students without taking on their trauma. Chelsea, you made some excellent points. Both both of you ladies did. Um, therapy is essential. And so let me ask you this, Chelsea. And you don't have mm-hmm. to respond if you don't want me to. Kind of personal. But is your therapist... Are they black? A black woman? <laughs> and, and I've been in therapy before. And I specifically looked for a black man or a black woman. Landed okay. on a black woman. And she was absolutely great. I'm not currently in therapy. But I do feel like if you have the time. If you have the the, the finances. Because you know insurance will cover something. But you probably still have to come out of pocket. Um, depending on your and insurance. My district is really amazing. Like our insurance is really amazing. So That's I awesome. do understand that it's a privilege. To be able to afford to go to therapy. Um, yeah. So I understand that's not <clears throat> Because I think when I went, and this was several years back, um, even after insurance, I was paying, I want to say $100. Oh, my gosh. I want to say 100 I could. It could have been 50 Maybe it was 50 It was somewhere between 50 to $100 per session Ooh. after my insurance. Lord. And that, you know, that points us to a different issue of do employers really care about mental health? Because it's like, oh, are you physically well? Just think about that. Anytime you work for a new district, and I'm going to a new district, I had to get a physical, I had to get a TB shot, I had to do all this stuff, background check, fingerprints, all this stuff, right? At no point did I have to um, complete a Likert questionnaire or some type of psychological assessment or something to assess my mental stability or mental health. Yet I'm working with mm. other people's kids, and last time I checked That's my schedule, bad. I got 115 kids I'm responsible for, right? And I'm affecting lives. And if my life's not together, and I think that's the point of this 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 episode we're talking about, it's the point of having your energy right. If you're not right yourself, how can you be uh, effective in the classroom? One, but how can you effectively lead and mold the future of this society? You can't. It it yeah. it I almost cursed on the show and I don't curse yeah. on the show. <laughs> I don't curse it almost came out. I caught it. I caught it. But if your life is effed up, just just yeah. being honest, just being blunt. Mm-hmm. If your life is effed up for whatever reason and you can't get it back together by yourself, why are we not seeking professional help? Why are we Ooh. not taking care of our mental health? Just as much as we go to the gym and we're working out and doing all this stuff and we're looking great and we're getting ready to go on vacation, we're looking great. But what about what's inside? Why are we not spending more time doing that? Traumas that we face or that our students are coming out of, but also from my own personal traumas. Like I realized through therapy that um, getting a lot of my personal affairs in order Mm -hmm. made all the difference for me being able to have the energy and you know the passion left that my students 
demanded from me. Um, so I, I ain't going to tell you what I paid because, <laughs> because um, I, the one that I wind up having to, you know, get locally down here that fit all of my criteria, which included, I needed a black woman to talk to. I just did. Yeah. Um, but that also fit the kind of specialist that I needed for my particular needs and everything. Um, it just wasn't going to be covered with our insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is very much an investment, but it's the best investment that I've made in myself thus far. And it's definitely worth it. And even though I can't, you know, send all of my students to therapy cause they need it or my coworkers or my administrators and some of them may be in it, but it's not working. Um, I can use, I learned that I can use what I get out of it and help them. It has made all the difference because sometimes I really didn't have the answers, but my therapist got a, got a few more than I did. So I'm using that fulfilled. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Drags me. I'm like, Oh wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Needed. As did mine. As did mine. Um, and I'm, and I'm considering like, I've been doing a lot of internal work, and I think part of it is that I actually studied psychology. And I want to say to this point, if you can't afford it, if you can't make it happen, I mean, sometimes it's just math. Like, the numbers don't work. I got this bill. I got that bill. I got this responsibility. I'm paying my way through grad school. I can't do it right now. Okay, fine. I get it. There is a way to self-medicate. I'm not referring to drugs. Uh, That's a whole separate episode that's that's a whole other situation (laughs) it's a whole separate podcast (laughs) not this one um but there is a way to self-medicate like for example recently uh, maybe two three weeks ago i was in barnes and noble and i just felt like something kind of building in me i'm not really sure what it was but something told me go to the self-help psychological self-improvement section in the bookstore which i did and i found the perfect book for me um there's the title is stop doing that ish okay and i finished the book uh a couple of days ago and it's given me a different perspective that i'm glad i finished it right before the school year it's going to help me immensely it's going to help my coworkers. it's going to help my students there's the focus of the book the focal point of the book is self-sabotage and so A lot of us, we are very goal-oriented. Anybody listening to the show, anybody that's been on this show, they are goal-oriented. They are successful. They're hardworking. They are top educators. But I think we can all agree at certain points of our life, we are aiming to be a different version of ourselves, a better version of ourselves, and it feels like we are running on a treadmill. Sometimes we take two steps forward. Other times we take three steps back. And it's like, why is this happening? So... The purpose of this book is to really dig deep inside of yourself and figure out what is in your subconscious. What are those things? How do you feel about yourself? What do you what things do you say about yourself? What things do you say about other people? What beliefs do you have about other people? And lastly, what beliefs do you have about life in general? So, um, Brittany, to your point, since you're a poet, let me ask you this. Since you're a poet, let me ask you this. How, what would be your analogy for life? How do you see life? Life is like a, or life is a, what would you fill that in with? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, I should have one of these ready, huh? No, I Um, I just threw this out there. (laughs) This isn't scripted. (laughs) I'm just saying, in general, I would think that this is something a poet would just have in their back pocket. Um, I would say life is a cycle Um, it's a cycle okay i I wanted to say a journey but i feel like it's a it's a lot of the same thing but moving upward it's a lot of the same thing but but from phase to phase task to task from season to season of life because it's not all the same repeating itself all over but it's a it's a lot of learning it's Mm -hmm. a lot of teaching it's a lot of growing it's a lot of you know reflection um and then it repeats itself but just with a new person or a new um you know a new subject matter that we're um getting together with a new experience with a new task for you know our career our personal lives or things like that so um i would say it's a it's a lot of the same things but growing teaching learning that's that's happening over and over again okay and it's just up to us to face it a different way 
And, and I would say that's a positive analogy of life or perspective of life. Chelsea, what would you say, honestly? What would be your analogy of life? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. You just threw me out there, sir. No. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I, somebody told me one time that life was like an elevator. And I was like, that's an interesting analogy. And I could kind of see how that works. Um because I'm thinking about life as an elevator is like sometimes you have to make way to let people off the elevator. Yeah. And that's something that has been really powerful to me in the last couple of years of my life. Um, like I'm, I'm in my mid twenties now and I'm like, I'm like growing into the woman that I've always wanted to be and realizing that not every person, um, is cheering for me in the way they should, or mm. people serve their purpose in your life for a time period. And, not every single person is going to stick in your life forever. And that's been a hard transition for me because, you know, you have friends from high school and college. And as you get older, you start to realize it's not that I don't dislike you anymore, but sometimes you can outgrow people. Um, and so that's been a testimony for me. But it also means that you have to make room for people to get on that elevator with you, too. Mm -hmm. And that those are the people that are going to help you get your way to the top. Because I have always been a very... Um, isolated teacher, if I'm going to be honest, and taking this new position in like a district role and having to coach teachers has forced me to integrate with the rest of my educators and to learn from them and vice versa. And to realize that like, if I want to, you know, do it quickly, I can, you know, of course do it by myself. But if I really want to do this for the long haul, that I have to bring people along with me and that I have to allow people on this journey with me. So I would say it's like an elevator. And I don't know who told me that, but whoever told me that, who might be listening to this podcast, please don't trademark it because I don't want to be sued. I don't have any money. <laughs> yeah. But and, and to conclude, you can self-medicate with knowledge. So just like I did, you can go get a book. You can listen to a podcast. You can watch videos. You can do yoga. You can. There's a lot of different ways you can take care of your mental and emotional. Some people go to church. Some people focus on their spirituality, their divinity with God. There's a lot of different things you can do to self-medicate that are actually healthy, not detrimental, not illegal. You know, there's a lot of different things that you guys can do um, if you can't actually afford to go to an actual therapist. There are apps out there. One I'm yeah. thinking of is Talkspace. Talkspace looks mm -hmm. expensive. I can't remember the exact amount. I <laughs> no, was considering. It, it looked you pretty expensive. Okay, you got to have money, not teacher money. Yeah, and I don't think they're accepting <laughs> insurance either. Like, I feel like you actually have to pay for that. Um, it looked pretty pretty expensive. So, um, there, there are other apps out there. Um, again, there are spiritual books. If you look at uh, the fourth agreement, the fifth agreement, um, which is uh, what the tall tech uh, tradition and uh, belief system, you know, there's different things you can do, whether you're Christian or whatever, um, that doesn't necessarily interfere with your initial beliefs, but they actually complement it. So um, I would encourage you to seek that knowledge, to seek that text and content um, and get some real balance on who you are mentally and emotionally. Um, and it makes a big difference. Um, and I'm going to throw this out there and I know it's physical, but I feel like it affects you mentally, emotionally, um, even spiritually. And again, it's a cost attached to it. Um, go to massage therapy, get yes. a massage, like consistently get a massage. Ladies, get your nail. Actually guys too. Like get your feet done, yes. man. Like get your feet done. Do you yes. know how relaxing yes. it is as a guy to get your feet done? Like our feet are terrible. They're all rough and crusty and we don't put Especially lotion on them consistently. Teacher, like, teacher feet are the worst. Okay. Teacher feet are the worst. Cause you're a good always teacher. Standing. You're always yes. walking. Yes. Yeah. Always standing. So definitely, yeah, get your feet done, get your get your uh, nails done, get your hair done, get a facial, nails, everything. Dude. Yeah, exfoliate yeah. the was it microdebrasion? Yeah, get all that, get all that. Um, <laughs> like that, go to a spa, like male or female, like do that. Take care of yourself, but seriously, with the massage, like making sure your back is healthy and feels good consistently in your spine. Maybe go to a chiropractor if you have 
you know severe back problems um but it makes a huge difference like it really does especially when you add that to everything else you're doing the multivitamins the exercise the drinking water consistently uh not yelling using effective classroom management strategies where you're not stressed out not taking things personally when kids act out kids are kids like reiterate that yeah not taking things personally yes because there's going to be times when a kid calls you every name in the book, child, yeah. and it is not personal. And that is very difficult, especially for first and second year teachers to understand, right. is that it is not personal. And it it's very apparent because the child forgets very quickly. I, mm-hmm. I have had kids curse me out, and I kid you not, five minutes later be like, hey, Miss Griffin, what's up? And I'm like, you know what? Okay, baby, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. It's fine. And... Mm-hmm. You know, you still consequence a child. Let me be clear. They still get a consequence, but do not take it personal. It is not personal. It is mm, little people trying to sort out their emotions and being put in a situation that they're very overwhelmed by. And unfortunately, some, not all, of course, but some of our students have only been taught to fight their entire life. So they're going to fight back. It doesn't matter if you're an adult, you're the same age this is survival mode for them. So I think that's just something to really reiterate to our new teachers, especially is that Mm -hmm. it is not personal and a kid could curse you out and love you to death. So just, just be aware of that because you know, that, that will happen a time or two. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, I mean, this show would be five hours long if we really wanted to just like really dig into everything physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, especially spiritually. Um, But I think we pretty much in general covered most things. Uh, Listeners, if you do have questions or you want to follow up, please contact me on IG at the Black Scholars Podcast. I would love to revisit this topic about energy um, specifically, you know over physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. And there's probably some other ways as well that we haven't even discussed uh, that that we can make an argument for and discuss even further. But really good strategies. Is there anything uh, that you ladies would like to leave the um, listeners with, our fellow Black educators, in terms of going into the new school year um, and how they can get off at least to a good start and hopefully remain consistent throughout the year? I would just say... um just remember why you're in the classroom. Uh, remember what sparked you to want to do this. If that means that on the first day of school, you you know have kids write down on sticky notes what their expectations are from you and like what they enjoy about school and keeping that in a book. Um, I do that every first school year and I keep it in a book and I always come back to that in the middle of the year when I'm tired and over it. Um, and it reminds me like that I am a very safe place for a lot of my students and that school might be the only place where they actually do feel safe and feel loved and so to realize that I provide that for students um, is something that I take very seriously and that I honor and it reminds me of why I'm in this position like I'm touching children's lives every single day and when you think about it we have the most important job in the world like I don't care what anybody says doctors lawyers could not be with who they are without us so I just think that's important to keep in mind. I agree with that 100%. And in addition, something that I'm doing um, practically is making some short-term goals Mm -hmm. um, and setting dates that I'm going to check in with myself on those goals, but also have like kind of a self-inventory reflection moment beyond the professional development plan or whatever it is they want us to do. Um, My own personal one where where I step in and say, you know, am I getting burnt out already? Am I spending too much time here and not enough time there? How are my students doing? How am I doing? (laughs) You know, have I um, met some of my goals, not just in their assessment data and things like that, but some of my goals in terms of teacher-teacher relationships, um, participation in the campus and things like that, just to kind of track my progress throughout the year so I don't end up at the end of the semester or the end, you know, for another summer break, like, uh, I didn't get what I wanted to get done. Yeah, that's perfect. What you guys said. I'm just going to piggyback on that. (laughs) Everything that you guys said. I mean, I think we covered it. And thank you so much for this opportunity. 
Oh yeah, of course. Dang, I'm not, I'm not going you. anywhere. I love the show. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> as long as I'm in education and I've got too many yeah. degrees at this point, I'm not going anywhere. I know that's right. We ain't getting out. It's too late. <laughs> no, it's too late. We're in it, and I love it. I still love the kids, so I'm not yeah. going anywhere. What can I say? Mamba out. Thank you for listening to the Black Scholars Podcast. For more information, Sometimes go to blackscholarspublishing.com. You just gotta go. You will never know what you could ever be. If you never try, you will never see. Stayed in Africa, we ain't never leave. So the ones don't slave in our history. When no slave 